0: Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. If you've seen the advertising for our Christmas sermon series, Socks and Underwear, you're probably thinking to yourself, that is the strangest title for a Christmas series I've ever heard, and you'd be in good company. I've heard a few of those comments in the last few weeks. What? Socks and underwear? You've got to be kidding me. Uh, I remember, but I remember one Christmas when I desperately wanted a new hockey jersey. I was six or seven at the time, and I loved hockey. That was back in the day when there were only six teams in the NHL, and you actually could, could memorize the names of every player on the six teams. But by Christmas Eve, I had squeezed this one package about a hundred times, uh, convincing myself that it was indeed a hockey jersey. But on Christmas morning, when I ripped open the package and ripped off the wrapping paper, socks and underwear. Socks and underwear? You've got to be kidding me! Who gives socks and underwear in a Christmas present? Well, my very practical German grandma, that's who. Socks and underwear. I was expecting something else. I wanted something else, and I was expecting a hockey jersey. Christmas is the season of expectation, though, isn't it? It really is. Just ask the people who are still out shopping this afternoon. They're expecting to find the perfect gift at the last minute. Christmas is a season of expectation, it's the time of year when we expect a little bonus from the boss. Or we expect a couple extra days off between Christmas and New Year's with pay. We we expect a little more understanding from our families Christmas time. And maybe we expect a special little gift under the tree. Christmas is the season of expectation, and I think it was no different. In fact, I think the very first Christmas was a season of great expectation. Because in the Old Testament, you have all of these prophecies about this coming Messiah, the Savior who would come. Isaiah 7.14, for example. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And so for hundreds of years, the people were expecting this, this one to come who would be called Emmanuel. Not decades, but literally hundreds of years. So the expectation would just grow decade after decade, century. Well, maybe it's this year. Maybe it's next year that he will come. And then there's that one in Micah chapter 5. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Not so strange, but then it goes on to describe what kind of ruler he will be. He will be one whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So it's pointing, of course, to eternity. Raising again the expectations of the people who read this prophecy. And then Jeremiah chapter 23, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Yeah, you go, God! I mean, there was such a a level of expectation with every one of these prophecies that came to the people of Israel. And we could go on and on. I mean, the people of Israel were waiting for their Messiah to come. The prophets had been predicting his arrival for years. Hundreds of years, in fact. There were just so many prophecies about the coming of Messiah and the kind of thing that he would do. He would actually deliver his people. He would, he would be the strong fortress of the mighty tower that people could run to and be safe. And so they were expecting a conquering king. They were expecting one to come and crush the enemy armies and and rescue them from the Roman occupation. That's certainly what they wanted. But what they really needed was something much different. And on the night that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Peace. So they wanted a conquering king, but God gave them his son instead. A son, a baby son, who was... Wrapped in swaddling cloths, and they laid him in a manger in some obscure village of Judea, not even in a holiday inn. It was in a God forsaken stable. They wanted a conquering king, instead, they get a baby savior. Clearly, a case of socks and underwear, wouldn't you say? What they wanted and what they needed were two different things. And many years later, many years later, Jesus would pick up this theme that the angel announced on the night that Jesus was born. This theme of peace. Jesus himself would pick up this theme and and say in John chapter 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. But again, they, they didn't want peace. <laughs> that's, not what they, that's not what they were asking for. They, they wanted deliverance. They, they, they wanted to go to war and get rid of the Romans. That's what they wanted to do. Instead, Jesus offers peace. And his first offer of peace is peace with God. We read about that in... Romans chapter 5, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that means that when a, a man or a woman who does not follow Jesus or believe in Jesus places his or her faith in the Savior, they are justified by faith. So faith is that vehicle that brings the justification of God. That means that they're made right with God and and as a result of that, they now live uh, in a peaceful relationship with God. The result of that is that true believers in Jesus no longer live under the fear of judgment like everyone else. Instead, they have peace with God which is not simply this warm, gushy, subjective feeling of peace, but rather uh, it is, it's the objective reality of being in a position, a status of peace with God. The war is over. In, in very simple terms, it means that if you trust in Jesus and are justified by faith, then everything's okay between you and God. You're good. Enjoy it. Justified. Peace with God. But Jesus also offers us the peace of God. And that's a little different. Philippians chapter 4, Paul writes, Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, there it is, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, I like that, don't you? Isn't that a great verse? The peace of God is going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So because of his birth in the manger and his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, Jesus can offer us Peace with God as a gift. He has the the authority and he has the power to do that. So the peace of God, the the subjective uh, peace that floods our hearts as followers of Jesus Christ is available to us, not because we're good people, and not because we do good things, and not because of our good looks, but rather because of Jesus it's, it's a gift. The peace of God is a gift. It's available to people like us who place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. I mean, we, we don't earn it. We, we, can't, we don't deserve it, and we can't earn it. it. It comes to us as a gift. Peace with God is a gift. The peace of God, likewise, is a gift. And Ephesians chapter 2 says, for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. Now, the peace of God may not be what you want for Christmas. Uh, we sent out our wish lists this year. That's what we do as a family. Everybody in the family puts their wish list together, send it out by email, and you know that, that guides our buying for the Christmas season. Nobody puts on the list Uh, peace with God or peace of God. It's not what you want, it's not what you ask for for Christmas, is it? Anybody ask for peace of God? Peace with God? Um, Nobody asks for that. It's clearly a a case of socks and underwear, though. Again, we need peace with God. We want peace with God. We want the peace of God desperately because we live in such a stress-filled world. And, and, and the Word of God says that it's available to us as a gift. Now, the foundation of God's gift to us of peace, the foundation of that gift is, is the, 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 the finished work of Jesus Christ. He is the one who makes that gift available to us. And it's his birthday that we're celebrating tonight with great joy. Joy to the world! And that's why they don't ask me to sing. <laughs> but that's what we're celebrating, is, isn't it? We're celebrating his, his birth and the gift that he brings. Do you have peace with God? I suspect that there are folks here tonight who are, don't have peace with God. Do you have the peace of God reigning and ruling in your hearts, guarding your life, protecting you, both of those are available to you through faith. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to earth as our Savior. He was born in a lowly stable. The Savior of the world became a human being so that He could die in our place, and the Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men could become sons of God. It's it's an amazing transaction that takes place in the life and death of Jesus Christ. The Savior of the world, the God of all creation, clothed Himself with humanity and was born in a manger in Bethlehem. He later died for our sins, giving hope to the whole world and to all who turn from their sin and believe in Him. And so I'm inviting you to do just that very thing tonight. I'm inviting you to turn from the old way of life, turn from your sin, and trust in Jesus Christ. I'm inviting you to, to, to make Christ your Savior, to trust in Him, to believe in the One who has come. He is here, and He's here with us. Let's pray together. I think there are people here tonight who... Who are not living in peace. And if you'd like to have peace with God and, and joy, peace, the peace of God, then you can trust in Jesus Christ by praying a very simple prayer of faith. And I'd invite you to pray silently while I pray out loud tonight. Something like this you could say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I'm living apart from you. And apart from the peace that you offer. Lord God, I need your forgiveness. And I need your mercy. I believe that you died for my sins, Lord Jesus. And I want to turn from my sins tonight. I want to follow Jesus now. And for the rest of my days. No turning back for me. I have decided to follow Jesus. Lord, because of your your grace and what you've done in my heart and my mind tonight, I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.